0: Welcome to Friday's Child The Podcast, formerly known as Life School ME. When I started Life School back in June 2019, my vision for where I wanted to take the podcast and how it would grow was not 100% clear. I knew I wanted to interview inspiring women and share their stories, but there was no grand plan. And that's okay, I'm a firm believer in starting before you're ready. But after falling pregnant with my beautiful daughter Mavia and deciding to focus on the world of bumps and babies for series two, I discovered a new passion for all things related to pregnancy and birth. The things I learnt about the female body and birth during my pregnancy journey have changed me forever and ignited a newfound passion and love for this subject matter. So Life School has been reborn as Friday's child and during this series I will be talking to first-time mums, childbirth educators and industry experts on all things motherhood. Whether you're newly pregnant, a first-time mum, or maybe you just want to find out more about the world of babies and motherhood, I hope you enjoy listening to my wonderful guests and that hopefully you can take away some helpful information and insights. Now let's get on with the show. My guest today is Sophie Jones, a qualified child development professional and certified sleep consultant with over 20 years of international experience. When working with clients, Sophie adopts a holistic approach to ensure that her support is tailored to your child's needs and aligns with your own parenting style. Sophie offers home and online consultations and currently works with the wonderful team at Babies and Beyond here in Dubai. So without further ado, here's my chat with the lovely Sophie. Enjoy. Sophie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for giving me some of your time today. And just a little um, FYI for the listeners, we are doing this while little girl naps. So if at some point she wakes up and she needs to join in our conversation, you might hear... Um, a little pause, and um, my six month old might join us. Um, so just to let you know. Um, so, Sophie, can we start by going into your background? and can you share with us your experience and what it is you do to support parents and babies?
1: Yeah, so I started off studying child development and then worked um, in London and Dubai uh, with families, supporting them, uh, supporting them with uh, lots of different things, routine, sleep, um, nutrition, behavior, um, and I worked for almost 18 years doing that with different families, um, multiples, um, mostly multiples, which gives you so much experience because um, there's a lot going on there. So it was it a was, it was great experience. Um, and then after having um, a baby of my own, um, I took a couple of years off where I was just studying and studying postnatal depression and studying child nutrition Um, which was great but um, also I needed a little time for myself Um, and then when she went to nursery that's when I started to get back into work again and um, now I'm working as a parenting advisor uh, with Babies and Beyond where I either do home visits or at the moment we're doing a lot of uh, online uh, consultations where we discuss your baby's routine um, think about what needs to kind of slightly change or tweak depending on age and then coming up with kind of a plan um, and, and and looking at goals as well looking at what your goals are rather than just looking at a, a kind of how old are they and what do we need to be following what are your goals what stage are they at and um and what would you what do you want to change
0: and i'm so glad we're having this conversation this week Because in my house, we are definitely going through a transition with my six-month-old. And I'm sure you can tell me more, but I feel like six months is such a milestone. And there seems to be a big change at six months. They are suddenly learning so many new things at once. Um, So let's delve right in and talk about sleep. Because I feel like this is probably your number one topic that parents call you for. Um, So, as I said, we're going through a bit of a uh, I don't know what to call it because I don't like to put labels on things, but we're having a tricky week, let's say. So how can we start to establish healthy sleep habits? And what is the earliest stage you can start implementing um, a bit of a routine? Because you hear lots of different things. And, you know, I often see on, on Facebook groups and communities, I'm in moms saying, you know, I've got a month old baby. Shh, shh, is it too early to have a routine? So, um, yeah, let, let's talk about sleep.
1: Yeah so sleep is definitely my number one topic Um, and it's so conflicting there's so much advice out there that it's really really difficult and I think it's really important to first of all trust your instincts on it Um, and I think that in terms of getting into routines I think I don't think you need to get into any routine until around three months I think three months is often a really good time to get into a routine and it's when a baby learns uh, the difference between day and night. It's when their internal body clock um, is starting to really mature and that also that you're able to kind of understand their routine when they need to feed. You'll become a bit more confident as a, as a mum. So I think three months is a good time to kind of start to really see some patterns and, and getting into a routine but a really loose, relaxed routine you don't want anything too rigid Um, and I because I think the the more rigid the routine the just the more stress it is on on you as a a mum so I would be looking at three months before then I think the most important thing is you're establishing feeding uh, bonding attachment um, having uh, recovering yourself after birth um, and of course growth and weight gain for the baby so tend to if anyone comes to me or calls me when a baby is kind of six weeks old i usually tell them to call me uh in when they're three months
0: yeah and it's funny you say about sort of putting that stress and pressure on yourself for a routine because i'm finding already that i'll get into a really good routine and then because they're changing so much like now we're going through a change I find it it really gets me down because I feel like I'm failing. I'm like, well, I just thought I'd cracked this. And now am I doing something wrong? I thought we were doing really well. And that does seem for me personally, I do put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of have a routine and make sure she's getting everything she needs. And I think that's why it's so hard that first year because it's always changing and um, it's, yeah it's it's a bit of a minefield and from your experience what are some of the biggest misconceptions we have about infant sleep because it is a whole world that before you have a baby i mean i knew nothing about how much sleep babies needed you know i'm starting from from scratch so what are some of the biggest um misconceptions that we have
1: yeah so i think look i mean i had 18 years experience with babies before i had my own and i think it's only when you have your own baby that you realise just how difficult it is, and just how exhausted you are, and emotionally how challenging it is, um, and you know, getting over uh, birth, which you know can be can be quite traumatizing for some. It can be quite; it a, a, a huge change in your life. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it's um, it's a lot to take in. I think the more information you know about uh, the importance of sleep and uh, sleep cycles really helps. But I think it's it's also not too good to get uh, kind of too much advice on, on, on routines and sticking to those. And I know there's a lot of apps out there at the moment, that um, people are kind of trying to stick to, and they're wondering why doesn't it work for them? Because each baby is different. You're different. Your setup is different at home. And I think that you really need to look at it as a, on an individual kind of case and, um, so i think following those really strict routines can sometimes make you feel like you're failing um but getting onto kind of realistic expectations i think that when uh you know sleeping through the night is actually five hours of of straight sleep and so some people think that it's actually sleeping right through the night kind of eight ten hours but it's actually only five hours um and i think that we have this kind of expectation or people ask is your baby sleeping through the night and actually they're not supposed to sleep through the night they're supposed to wake up for food it's important for them to wake up for food um, and until they reach a certain age they need that nutrition through the night so that they then uh, feed well during the day so I think you really need to look at it holistically and look at it on a 24-hour basis um, and I think it's also really really important that mums are honest with each other because I know a lot of people who will say my baby's sleeping through the night and social media will you know, make you think their babies are sleeping through the night and that's not the reality of it and I, that's something that I, I'm so passionate about, mums being honest with other mums.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I did a few stories last night, I really love sharing my journey. And, you know, I, I want to share more of the when we're having a difficult night, because else it does just Mm -hmm. seem like everyone's babies are sleeping and yours isn't. And you're like, am I the only one whose baby doesn't sleep? And I think that is so important. And you said so. Mm -hmm. So five hours is sort of the longest stretch if you like through the night and why is that is that to do with their their um their rhythms of sleep I have forgotten the word for it the their um circadian rhythm yes that's oh, the yeah is, is that yeah, what well,
1: that I is think, um the five hour stretch is actually um what is kind of deemed as a sleeping through the night for a baby so I think that what, what I mean, definitely in those first few months, um, their stomachs are so small they can only take a certain amount of food in, and they need to keep feeding and they need to keep feeding regularly. And especially if you're breastfeeding, you need to establish feeding, and you need to, uh, you know, your your feeding pattern needs to be regular. So what I find there is that if people actually have a long stretch, or the baby uh, sleeps for a long stretch. What you tend to find is that the next day the baby will be fussy, possibly cluster feeding because they've lost that nutrition through the night. Um, so it doesn't always um, it doesn't always work out well when your baby sleeps through these big chunks of sleep when they're not ready to um, because it affects the daytime. What I what I think is most important is getting into a feeding routine that is effective, that is actually you're feeding well. The baby is Uh, is taking the right amounts of milk um, and is kind of effective feeding Mm. not just um, comfort feeding or um, taking a little bit and then and then kind of cluster feeding but effective feeding rather than trying to eliminate feeds too early
0: Yeah we we were feeding through the night up until around four months so I was breastfeeding up to four months and she would wake up naturally in the middle of the night we'd have a feed and she'd go back down and we got into a nice routine with that and then as I started to go to formula she would I'd feed her still breastfeed her still in the night and slowly that just got the feed would get shorter and shorter and shorter until she just stopped waking for it um but I was very much just sort of doing it on on demand as as she wanted it and then we got into a, a routine of she'd go down and she wouldn't wake for a feed and obviously now we've been chatting and, and we're in a slightly different phase where she is waking up so and we, we were chatting before we started recording and you were about to start talking about um, pacifiers or dummies because this is something that I've really battled with in my mind because I'm like she's had one since she was a baby and um, you know she doesn't have it all the time but she does like it to go to sleep and you hear a lot of sleep consultants definitely around the four month mark where they're like okay first thing to do get rid of the dummy you go cold turkey you'll have a few bad nights and I did try it, and I gave in in about half an hour. <laughs> and I thought, no, I can't do this. Um, so what is your take on pacifiers? Because it's really confusing. When do you take it away, and, and do you take it away?
1: So I think pacifiers can be amazing. Pacifiers can be the comfort. And if you've got a particularly sucky baby, um, it it's great. And especially if you are breastfeeding, rather than feeding uh, constantly or looking for that comfort you've got something else um, I think pacifiers as long as they're used at the right times and not not overused and so that they're not being um, replaced you know or put it, or, or, or using them during the day when they should be either talking or playing or you know those kind of important times I think using pacifiers for sleep can be great for baby and great for mum, And I think, look, I was the same. I resisted the pacifier for my daughter and it was difficult because she was a sucky baby. Um, but she's now a thumbsucker and she's still a thumbsucker at age 10. So I think you either usually have one or the other. And actually a pacifier is much easier to get rid of at around two, two and a half, if that's what you want to do, because they, they naturally grow out of it. And, um, and especially when they start that kind of school age, they definitely don't want to be the one that's having a pacifier. But with thumb yeah. sucking, it's, we can go on.
0: Well, that's the thing, because I'm like, you know, you don't see any grown adults walking around with a pacifier, just as much as you don't see grown adults not knowing how to use a knife and fork. So I'm like, you know, this this is something mm. that she will naturally grow out of and my instinct is to not take it away but you do sometimes get sucked in so when you read things and and hear and hear things from experts you think well you know she is playing with it in the night maybe it is a hindrance to her sleep but it can be very difficult knowing when to do these sort of big changes particularly around six months where you're weaning you might be moving them into their big crib there's a lot of change going on and I just feel a bit uh, for any other mums listening that have a baby the same age, you know, this may resonate. I feel very confused at the moment. I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to wean her. I'm reading as much as I can, but there's lots of different information out there. And it's like you've gone from sort of feeling a bit more confident as a mother. You've you've got your breastfeeding down or, you know, you, you've got your bottle feeding down. And then all of a sudden, there's all these new things to learn. So what would be your advice for other mums who are at that sort of six-month mark who might be feeling like I am where it's just it's like all new again it's sort of like you're starting from scratch
1: yeah I think look I think it's really important to um trust trust your kind of feelings on it and trust your instincts on it definitely um I think it's good to reach out and get help and get advice um but I think that um if we're still kind of talking about kind of uh, pacifiers or any kind of crutches that you may have it's you know I think you have to be realistic, and as a mum myself, I know that you know you you know sometimes it's not always the the best option or the best thing to do, but if you are a working mum, if you have multiples, if you are having sleepless nights, you know you you do what you need to do to get through. Um, And so I think you do have to have that reality. And I think that if, you know, if some sleep consultants or or books say, you know, get rid of the pacifier at four months, that's all good and well. But when you've got a four month old baby crying in the night, that's really, really difficult to do. And especially when you're emotionally still, uh, you know, still, there's still a lot lot going on for you as well, settling into being a mother. So I think that pick and choose your battles, definitely. Um, And just think about, why um why someone's advising against it so if it's pacifies why is the advice against pacifiers and normally that's because of uh, teeth um language so again making sure you're not using it as uh, uh, something you're using all day so the baby's then not talking um mm-hmm. and, and worried about the, you know the teeth kind of protruding out so it's it's just looking at looking at that but i think At six months there's a huge, so much going on, you've got introducing solids, um, you've got kind of feeds maybe reducing, uh, uh, milk feeds reducing, you've also got the fact that they're becoming really aware, so they are understanding what's going on more. So they are really smart at six months and, um, and they know how to kind of uh, play you a little bit. So you yes. have to put some boundaries in, I think. You have to have some boundaries. And it sounds a bit harsh, but I think actually children, babies and children, they actually respond better to having consistency, boundaries, um, routine. They understand what's coming next and what's expected of them. Because I think a lot of people kind of... Um, uh, say to me, like, why is my baby going down? Uh, sorry, why is my baby going down to sleep well in my bed or being rocked to sleep, but then wakes up through the night? And I think you have to, you have to really take a step back and look at, well, what's my baby thinking in this process? Well, she's thinking, well, why can't I be rocked to sleep during the night? Why is it only at at seven o'clock? Mm. So I think it's important to look at your routine monthly, see what needs to change, see when the fussy times are, uh, when they're eating best. Um, but there are ups and downs and you're going to have good weeks, bad weeks. And then it starts to level out around a year because then they really start sleeping through and, and, and it all starts to kind of feel mm. a bit like you're, you're there.
0: Yeah. We had a funny one last night cause she, she went down fine and then she woke up, you know, hour and a half later and I'm trying to get her back to sleep and in the end I just she's not going to sleep let's get her up we'll give her another bottle and she's just sat quietly on my husband's lap watching a movie you know three seconds ago she was screaming hysterically and then she's all sweet smiling you know calm as anything and I'm like you know you know exactly what's going on you know and I think they're so aware now and I think one of the biggest things I'm also struggling with is they're at that sort of awkward age where they can't fully sit up and they can't fully play with things on their on their own. And they can't entertain themselves for longer than sort of five, 10 minutes. So it's quite difficult to keep them entertained and to burn that energy during the day when you need to be at home working and doing other things. And that could, you you know, you can't always go out all day, every day. And that can be quite tricky as well because they have a lot of energy and they're in everything and they're curious. And I think that's also why it's a bit of a tricky age because it's slightly awkward with what you can do with them. Um, yeah but you know it's all fun and games and it's also you know the positives are it's incredible Mm. seeing them change every day and you get so much more back from them at this age you know and their little characters are starting to come through and it's yeah it's wonderful and can you tell us a little bit more about babies and beyond and what services that you offer because I see you guys everywhere and everyone speaks so highly of the work that you do. So can you tell us a little bit more um, about Babies and Beyond?
1: So at Babies and Beyond, um, we offer pre and postnatal support. So whether that's uh, uh, with the midwives, uh, lactation consultants, um, nurses that will come in and actually provide that support, um, for you, uh, whatever age your baby is, um, at workshops, things like sleep workshops, weaning workshops. Um, and then obviously I do the the kind of uh, the parenting advising. So I'm I'm looking at sleep and nutrition and uh, introducing solids, potty training, um, all of those different different kind of areas. Um, so it kind of covers it covers everything at Babies and Beyond, which which is great
0: because people might not know here um you know there isn't that sort of immediate postpartum um support you know in the UK you're assigned a midwife and they come and check up on you whereas here all those resources and support are available but you need to set it up yourself you know everything is there for you but you need to put it in place and particularly with the postpartum I think it's wonderful that you you have everything that a new mum could need because I think there's so much emphasis on preparing for birth, pregnancy and a lot of women, first time mums like myself, we don't really put those, those support things in place for after we've had the baby. And sometimes it's only until you're in a point where you, you're completely at the end of your tether do you then reach out and look for help and a lot of us are away from our families and I think it can be a bit of a shock once you get home with your baby and you go oh okay I'm struggling to breastfeed or you know whatever your issue might be so I think it's absolutely amazing that we have we have a service like you guys here because it's so important
1: Yeah absolutely and I think that what's great is that we have clients that start you know or come to us when they're pregnant and then it goes through until their child is kind of one or one and a half two and you kind of see that all the changes and all the kind of um, you know all the different kind of things that need to be talked about or discussed but I think you're right I mean when I um, had my daughter 10 years ago uh, there wasn't the service here and there wasn't that for for parents so it was a real struggle and something i noticed um very very quickly was that there wasn't the support um for parents um and but that has grown hugely now but i think you're right it's only when people get to the desperation stage do they reach out and i often just wish you would come to me a a month earlier or reach out a little bit earlier but you think you're the only one when it's when you're going through it you think you're the only person Mm. that's waking the night and you know it's um it's if you if you've never had any experience with babies and children it's um it's a, it's a lot and it's uh, it's 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 a lot and there's a lot going on but um and i think with things like um breastfeeding you know if you you obviously haven't breastfed before or you don't know what to expect and i think it's important reach out ask for help ask the questions have a good support network around you friends mum friends honest open mum friends are, 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 are something you definitely need
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I love following accounts on social media where they're they're the mums that are very honest because it's beautiful seeing those lovely photos, but sometimes you do feel like you're the only one going through something. And, you know, a lot of us that are first-time mums, you know, we've never handled a newborn and you're expected to sort of, or you feel this pressure to just know what to do. And, you know, you are learning on the job. So, you know, I encourage any new moms out there, please reach out and don't wait until you are in that desperate stage. If you're, if you're struggling a little bit, or you just want to learn more and prepare for that next phase, it's better just to reach out and get help because it is there. Um, Okay, we're going to do a quick fire round now. So I call it a quick fire round, but it's never actually that quick. Um, What's your one piece of of advice for first time (laughs) mummies?
1: Okay, so my one piece of advice is, if you feel it's working for you and your baby and you're happy, then don't change. You know, I have a lot of mums that come to me and ask, you know, should I be doing this, is this right? Well, if you're sleeping, your baby's sleeping, thriving, gaining weight, happy, then you don't need to follow anyone else's advice. Um, It's only when you're having issues that then it's time to look at things. But I think, um, you know, if you, uh, there's a lot of talk around kind of co-sleeping Um, And should I be co-sleeping, should I not? Whatever works for you, as long as it's safe and everybody in the family's happy with it.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, What are your top three essential items for first-time mums?
1: So top three would be sleeping bag, for sure. I think sleeping bag, around uh, introducing it around three months, Sleeping bags are amazing. They last until they're about two and a half. They are just a great way of keeping them um, warm at the right temperature, especially when they start to kick blankets off and things. And I think they're a great association, sleep association. So sleeping bag is my number one. Um, number two is bouncer chair. I think that the bouncer chair is a lifesaver. Because like you say, when they're in that awkward stage, when they're not quite sitting up and there, but they don't want to be laying down flat, the bouncer chair is great because you can just change the uh, the uh, levels and um, it kind of grows with your baby. So bouncer chair. Third thing, I mean, I'd say sling, having a baby, some kind of baby-wearing sling. I think it just... Um, it means you're hands-free you've got that your baby is being comforted um, and you're you're, you've got that bond um, and it just it just provides you with a hands-free option
0: yeah they're brilliant suggestions what's the one item you thought you would use as a first-time mum? I know your little girl is 10 but what's one of the items that you thought you would use a lot but actually didn't end up using
1: So I think the thing that I didn't use was the Moses basket, actually. And Moses basket sounds very old school now because everyone, you know, we didn't have have co-sleepers 10 years ago, or maybe it was there, but it wasn't that popular. And so Moses basket was still very much the thing. And my daughter, hated the moses basket and i tried and tried and tried but actually she wanted more space and she wanted um, a bit more kind of i don't know freedom or space or to be able to see so when we moved her into a cot um a proper full-size cot it it was it was the right thing to do so for me the moses basket was um
0: was the thing i didn't really use
1: they look very pretty fantastic
0: they look very Very pretty, pretty don't they and they they sort of have a bit of a Um, they're coming back again I'm seeing a lot of the sort of vintage looking ones and they are beautiful but the amount of posts I see of mums saying my baby won't sleep in the Moses basket um and and it's either they're not enough space or they feel like there's too much space when there's newborn you know they want to be more cocooned um so yeah I I do hear that a lot about the Moses baskets as pretty as they are you know it's nice for the pictures but maybe not so practical um what's one thing nobody warned you about before becoming a mum
1: um, I think look I think it's the changes is the ups and the downs it's the emotions I think that you don't realize you know I've worked with children for a long time and um you I can hear a baby cry and and, and not really flinch but when it's your own baby mm. totally different story and um it's emotional and I think that is um that's probably the the, the biggest challenge or the, the 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 most difficult thing was kind of uh, you know, managing everything else and your emotions. Um, and also in the beginning, in the first couple of months, I definitely had a bit of anxiety. Anxiety when we were outside or doing something. Is she going to cry? Does she need a feed? So anxiety was a, was a new feeling for me, which I never had before. So I think that um, being aware of your emotions, know what's going on, know that you've just had a huge change, your body um, and kind of and, and reaching out for help if you need it.
0: Uh, I mean, we had an issue the other night where we were just a complete malfunction. She was crying, crying, crying. She's not a screamy baby, and my husband's like, "Just eat your dinner. I've got her. Don't worry." And I'm like, "I can't eat my dinner. I mean, I literally cannot do anything when she's screaming like this. I just need to be with her, and it's it's an it's like I can't do anything, and then I'm crying. You know, it's a real, and it's I didn't think I would be like that. I'm quite pragmatic. I'm not, you know um yeah i've been shocked at how you just when they are crying it's like nothing else in the world matters you just need to tend to them um mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's it's very powerful um what's your favorite thing about being a mum
1: so favourite thing, I mean, look, my daughter's a lot older now. So um, I think it's, I mean, basically, you know, her turning into a bit of a mini me. I see so much <laughs> of her in me down to like the tantrums, the stubbornness, the not wanting to do her homework, you know, it's all those little things. Um, but I think that, you know, when they start, when they start talking, it's amazing being able to really communicate. Communicate and 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 teaching them things. You know, teaching her, um, you know, how to how to talk, how to put blocks on top. Of, you know, whatever it will be, whatever stage it's at, it's just teaching them and um, and having this little human that totally relies on you is amazing, but quite scary at the same time.
0: Yeah, a friend of mine said to me the other day that her friend refers to it as the longest days, but the quickest years. And I think that really sort of sums it up, doesn't it? Because it's the days do feel so long, but then I know that, you know, in a blink of an eye, my daughter will be 10, you know, and we'll be facing different challenges. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just such a, a culmination of different things, isn't it? Um, and Sophie, finally, what does motherhood mean to you in three words?
1: So the first thing that came to my mind is challenging because I think again it's important to be honest about that I think that no matter how much experience you've got no matter um, what situation you're in there are challenges and it comes up and it then it goes away and it comes up and you know when you you know at any age whether it's the baby age whether it's toddlers and you're getting into the tantrums or whether it's you know school age um, I think it's challenging for sure but with that challenge creates like a a more confident you and you grow from it that's another thing I think is great about motherhood is that you grow with them so you're learning a lot with them you're learning to be really patient um you know uh work with little sleep you know you're learning things so it's growth challenging but then ultimately it's rewarding I mean I think that when um you know I I think it's an amazing experience um and you know it's 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 ups and downs, but it's um it's it's amazing.
0: It is. And I remember when I was pregnant talking to my mum and I said, Mum, I'm just I'm so worried. You know, I'm worried that she is she okay in there? Is she growing? And my mum was like, I've got news for you. You never stop worrying. So no, get used to that worrying. feeling because you're almost 30 and I worry about you on a daily basis and it might not consume my whole day but this is it now. I was like wow okay and it's true I mean it just it never stops but as you say it's so rewarding at the same time Um, and I think you've really hit on something today about how we must be honest and I'm going to try and be more honest as well and not just share with the community I have you know the great days. Be honest about this is what we're struggling with. This is how, what we're trying. Maybe that could work for you. And just be, just be a bit more open about the fact that as incredible and as magical as it is, it's really hard. And some days it's really hard to the point where you're like, wow, well, you know, am I cut out for this? And I think it's, we have to learn to be more honest um, and, and share the good and the bad
1: yeah definitely yeah i I totally agree with that and I think that you know you you have you know you have you have you have to have the good days and the bad days you have to have both um and I think that you know if I look back to kind of the baby stage now you know i would you know i, I think oh that would be that would be quite easy now compared to what I'm dealing with a uh, a 10 year old who thinks she's 16 who wants a phone <laughs> you know so it's um it definitely uh, and the worries that come with all of that teenage years yeah. all of that so you know it's it's just different stages but I think um being honest say you're having a bad day and and also not putting too much pressure on yourself and saying my baby needs to sleep through at six months my baby needs to sleep through eight months you know Having a bit more of a realistic expectation. And if they don't sleep through, it's okay. And if they don't eat all of their food one day, it, it's okay. Um, just, uh, you know, just look at your routine. Think
0: about your goals
1: and, um, and, and, and look for help if you need it.
0: Absolutely. Sophie, thank you so much. I'm going to put all the links to where people can find you and Babies and Beyond in the show notes below. And I'm very pleased that my little girl hasn't woken up. This is a result. She's still asleep. So um, that's a small win for the day. Um, Sophie, thank you so much for your time. You're
1: welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you once again to Sophie for all her time and knowledge. You can find links to Sophie's Instagram and the Babies and Beyond website in the show notes below. You can also find links below to our social media accounts, including the Friday's Child Facebook community. This is a group I have created in the hope to share positive birth stories along with parenting life hacks, tips and tricks, general advice, and much more. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review, and subscribe to Friday's Child, the podcast to help us reach more wonderful mummers. Until next time, thank you for listening.